Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Detroit, Michigan, it's time for Detroit Business Radio. Now, here's your host. Lee Cantor here, another episode of Detroit Business Radio, and this is going to be a good one. Today we have with us Jeff Hampton, and he is with an organization called Beta Sales and Marketing. Welcome, Jeff. Good morning to you. Happy Monday, everybody. Hope you're enjoying the, the sunny weather we have, finally. <laughs> That's right. Well, Jeff, before we get too far into things, tell us about Beta Sales and Marketing. How are you serving folks? Well, when people ask me, what do I do? I tell them that I manage relationships. Beta Sales and Marketing is is the firm that I started uh, after I broke off with an initial firm that I was with back in 19, what was it, 1994 that I've been at this. And we are an independent manufacturer's representative agency. And what that means is, is that I represent about five or six firms that make components for the automotive industry. And rather than being paid a salary, I'm a independent contractor. I work on commission only. Somewhat similar to somebody that might be in, in real estate, where if they sell something, they get paid. They don't sell, they don't get paid. So now, how did you get into this line of work? Like you were working with somebody else that had a similar business and then you spun off on your own or you were selling an individual item and said, I can sell them, you know, three or four different things. So let me just start kind of building a portfolio of items to sell. Very, very good, appropriate. And uh, this is a long answer, so be patient with me. Um, Graduated from Michigan State with a degree in mechanical engineering. And after graduating, I went to work for a firm this is really going to date me. American Motors. Have you ever heard of it? Um, is that the Pacer? Did they make the Pacer? <laughs> That's exactly it. Uh, the Pacer, the American, uh, the AMX, and other iconic cars. I went to work for them uh, straight out of college, and my father was a manufacturer's rep working the west side of the state. And he knew that I was a was a gearhead growing up in the muscle car era. And he said, you know, I'd really like to do some marketing on the on the east side of the state. That's heavily automotive over there. And you love cars. You love muscle cars. What do you think? Do you want to give it a shot? And at the time, I didn't know better than to say yes, which is what I did. So when the tender year of 1978, I started in the manufacturer's reps business for my dad. And when my dad decided to get out of the business in 1990, again, 1994, um, I took the business over. And I'm handling primarily southeastern Michigan and selling to the large tier one automotive suppliers. So now, what did you like so about the business? There's the nutshell. What What did you like about it? The, it sounds like you get kind of get the best of both worlds and that you get flexibility and you can kind of um, work with lots of different people and you're not stuck with one type of product if you don't want to be. But if you have a good relationship, you can stay with that. So it, it sounds like it has a lot of pluses, that industry. You know what? When... when we talk again about my, my job. I say it has all of the, the absolute benefits of being in, in business for yourself, and it also has all of the disadvantages. You know, you're your own boss, and yes, you set your own hours. You make the determination about which companies is it that you want to, to represent, which companies do you want to call on to try to market your, 
your products to. And as with a lot of other businesses, it's interesting how you, as you poke around and make sales calls and whatnot, you, you tend to gravitate to those that have similar interests. And yeah, it's again, it's a relationship business. And the beauty of it is, at least for me, is that rather than working for one company and selling widgets for XYZ company, and that's all I'm selling are widgets, I have the ability to sell die castings, injection molded plastics, metal stampings, precision machining, Swiss screw machine products, forgings. And so I'm, I have a, a lot of flexibility in the products that I sell to the to the customers, yes, Lee. Now let's look at it through the eyes of the companies that whose wares you're selling. What's in it for them to hire you rather than just have an independent in-house salesperson? Another good question. Well, I'll tell you what, Lee. So you own a manufacturing firm and you sell said widgets, and. Typically, the firms that are going to be drawn to manufacturers' representatives are small to, I would say, medium-sized companies that probably have less than $100 million a year in sales. <clears throat> and there's two ways for you, of course, to, to have a, a sales force. You can go out and hire some people and pay them however much you have to pay them. And right from the start, you're going to be sending out checks to them on a weekly bi-monthly basis, and there's going to be an expense there for your for your company, even though initially they might not be generating any any sales. Now, true, you're going to get their 100% of their time, but that startup period that you're going to have to wait before they, they generate any sales, there's going to be an expense there. Well, that's one way of doing it, or you can give beta sales and marketing a call or a similar manufacturing uh, manufacturer's representative, then you can say, tell you what, let's make a deal here. Um, you can represent our company and be the sales and marketing arm for our company. We're not going to pay you a salary, but what we will do is, is we'll pay you a commission of, let's just pick 5% on anything that you sell. And we understand, Jeff, that you aren't going to be representing just our firm, but you'll probably have three or four other firms that we're going that we're going to be in your bailiwick as well. So we understand we're not going to get 100% of your time. And the beauty of that is, is that for you, Lee, and your firm, you're going to have a very firm understanding of what your overhead is going to be for sales. You know that for every dollar of sales that you have, there's going to be 5% that's associated with that. When you have direct sales working within your firm, that's a little harder to calculate. How did I do with that? That's great. It's uh, it's um, becoming clearer for me. So now, is is this a common practice? Are there tons of in, independent manufacturers reps, or is this kind of an industry that is in flux right now? <laughs> Another good question. <clears throat> Whatever the good or service that you want to market, there is a manufacturer's rep out there that will specialize in selling your product. I specialize in selling, you know, the little 
components that go into a car. I can almost guarantee you in the car that you're driving, Lee, somewhere, somehow on that car is a is a part that was supplied by one of my companies to one of the large tier one, tier one automotive suppliers that went to Ford, General Motors, Chrysler, you, you name it. And I have another friend, I won't name his, give you his name, that he writes books. And he is not associated with one of the major publishers, and it's a it's a specialty book. And so for his marketing, he went out, we talked, and he found a manufacturer's representative that gets this, specializes in selling books to the education establishment. And my friend doesn't know where the front door is about how to sell his book that he knows is great, a great tool for students in high school. But he throws up his arms and goes, how do I start? Well, he found a manufacturer's rep that specializes in that. So what, whatever firm, whatever type of commodity or service you're selling, there's a manufacturer's rep out there that's knocking on doors. And I tell you what, there's thousands and thousands of us just in the state of Michigan alone, Lee. Now, but it's not exclusive to manufacturers. That might be what they're called. But like you said, it could be a service as well. That's that's exactly it. You know, I call myself a manufacturer's representative, but I think probably the more appropriate would be independent sales rep would probably be more important. As I mentioned, my my friend that sells the books, it uh, you're you're selling a service. If you're, um, you know, to a certain extent, if you're a if you're a in insurance and you want to market your insurance agency, you can make a deal with an independent sales agent to go out there and generate leads and calls and things like that. So it, it doesn't matter at all. So now uh, let's look at this through the lens of a person that's considering hiring uh, an independent manufacturer or sales rep. What are some things that are, are things you look for and what are some red flags? Very good. Another good question, Lee. I think I would start that with a suggestion of of a couple organizations that specialize in connecting um, connecting reps with people that are looking for services. And there's a couple good. Um, one of them is um, Manufacturers Agents of North America, MANA, M-A-N-A. dot org, and another one is an organization simply called rep search. So if you have a good, or as you mentioned, Lee, a service and you're going, where the heck do I get started finding somebody that can help me with my marketing and my sales? Those are two pretty good organizations to start with because as the names imply, what they do is, is they specialize in doing an interview with you, kind of similar to what you're doing with me right now, Lee, find out what is it that you do? What are you looking for? What particular territory are you are you looking to to market in? Do you want to be nationwide, or do you want to focus in Southeast Michigan? Do you want to be in the entire Midwest? So there's things to consider about what you first of all what it is that you're going to sell, uh, the market you, you want to sell into, and then being very specific with the rep in regards to um, how it is you want them to to market you. 
there are a couple other aspects that as a man, as a manufacturer's rep or as an independent sales agent, when I go in and sit down and talk with somebody, I will be making a, a mental determination about how long is it going to take to generate sales so that I'm actually putting money in my pocket, Lee. And in the automotive industry, all industries are different. It can be three to four years before I'm generating any income from a company that I decide to take on because of the time that it takes. You know, right now I'm quoting jobs for model year, you know, 2023 and 2024. They work that far in advance. So you as a manufacturer or I keep saying manufacturing, I apologize. I should say service as well. You need to determine how long it's going to take realistically for that, for that rep to, to start generating sales. And in some instances, what you might have to do is give them a little upfront money, not, not a, not salary, but what we would call kind of a retainer or some startup. And that, that would be essentially to help, to help the manufacturer's representative, the rep, defray some of those costs that he's going to have over the first year or two years to, to market your product or your service. Because you want, yeah, because you want, uh, it's a partnership. Like in order for this to work, it has to work for both parties and, uh, it has to be kind of a symbiotic relationship. It can't be just them going, Hey, go out and sell something and call me when the check comes in. Right. Like it has to be some (laughs) back and forth. You know what? Again, that's you bring up excellent points, Lee. It's what motivates a salesperson, of course, are you know factors that motivate a lot of people. You know, reward, and to get that reward, you have to be motivated to get out there and work hard. And to be motivated enough to go out there and work hard, you have to feel good about the company that you represent. So, if you are a a person that owns a company and you're looking for sales, it's extremely important to make sure that you do everything that you can to develop a good relationship with your, uh, with your independent sales force. It's a little bit different. You're not going to see them coming in, you know, every day and sitting around the, you know, the coffee cooler talking about the latest episode of Seinfeld or something like that. So it's important that you, that you keep them informed about what's going on at your firm Try to develop a good relationship with them because what makes independent manufacturers representatives like myself uh, successful is motivation. And I didn't touch on this, and I know I might be rubbing some inside salespeople um, the wrong way. Manufacturers representatives or independent salespeople tend to maybe be a little more aggressive you know, we like being on our own. We like being responsible for every penny that goes goes in our pocket as a result of of our efforts. And the beautiful part of it is that the harder we work and the more successful we are, the more money we make. So that is a, a tremendous incentive that if you have a good relationship with the company that you that you represent and you happen to get lucky enough to sell a lot of stuff, then guess what? Your commission checks can be quite attractive. 
And it's one of those things where you are, um, you have a kind of a diversified portfolio. So you're, yes, uh, you, you're representing multiple manufacturers. So you can then, um, like if one manufacturer's not in favor or is not the hot thing, you still have, uh, kind of relationships with folks that are going to generate revenue for you. You're not beholden to one. And then if there's a problem, then, you know, all your eggs are in that basket and you're out. Like if you're the inside salesperson for well, that firm, you've kind of uh, got uh, some diversity in your, in your, you have more options. Have you done this before? <laughs> I'm learning just like all of our listeners. We're just learning. <laughs> No, that's that's exactly it. One of the benefits is that if I go into automotive sub supplier, you know, large tier one, we'll call them XYZ Corporation, that I will be talking with the person that is in charge of buying, let's say, aluminum die castings. And on that same sales call, I will make sure to have an appointment with the person that's buying injection molded plastics. And then after I get done with that person, I'll make sure to go call on the person that's buying the the machine forgings. And then after that, I'll go, you know, and I'll go down the line. So you're at, you hit it right on the head that if you, if I only had one, we call them principal, that I was selling into that firm and something went sour with that principal and I lost them, then I have no reason whatsoever to continue to go into the automotive supplier and see those people. So this way, you're absolutely right. If I have three or four arrows in my quiver, there's always a reason for me to be in there and maintaining those relationships, even though I might not have anything um, of interest percolating right at that particular time with the person that buys the aluminum die castings. So that is, you brought up an, an excellent point, and I actually should have brought that up myself, Lee, is that it it allows you to maintain the continuity of relationships with the customers that you're calling on if you have multiple multiple firms that you're representative. And again, like I say, the, the principles. Now for you, what's the most rewarding part? You've been doing this for a minute. Is it um, kind of nurturing those relationships? Because over the years, you must have fantastic relationships with a wide variety of folks in different uh, organizations. But also, it's kind of the juice of getting a win or a sale. Uh, how do you kind of balance those two? <laughs> you brought up about two or three very good points in that. Most as I mentioned, or kind of alluded to it, most independent representatives, again, whatever they're selling, are very ego-driven. It is, you know, it's the thrill of the hunt, and there is a tremendous satisfaction of when you bring that sales home. That is a, a wonderful, wonderful feeling. That is a, that's what motivates us. And I can say that over the years, that I have had the opportunity to develop just some wonderful, wonderful relationships with people that I call on. We have a <laughs> guys movie club, and it's a bunch of guys that go out. We see a movie, go have dinner, and then head out to somebody's deck to have a few cigars. Half of those guys are people that I've that I've met in business, calling on them, like it's uh, places like Addy and. Magna, um, SVS, 
So it, it, you really do have an opportunity to develop some tremendous relationships with very with a, a wide and diverse range of um, of people. And I would say this: if you're if you're planning to get into the business of you know well, I want to become an independent agent and doesn't again re, doesn't matter what field you're getting into you really one of the first questions you need to ask yourself is do I like people do I like people and that's not you, you need to be able to answer yes to that yes I really do like people I, I like meeting new people I like going out to lunch and entertaining new people and finding out about them and if you answer no to that that's not a bad thing because there's there's a proper place for every type of personality in this wonderful capitalistic uh, market system we have here in America. But you do need to be able to to answer honestly if that's your if if that is your personality. Do you enjoy getting in a car and going over to the west side of Michigan to call on a bunch of people there? And is that is that something you really look forward to? Yeah, that's great advice is to really be true to yourself in the sense that if if you're a people person, then explore this. But if you're not, don't you'll be miserable if this is what you're doing every day, you know, and this is all you're thinking about. You're not going to have that really great quality of life. So kind of be have some self-awareness about your own personality. Yeah. And you said it better than I did. You know, be be true to yourself. And that's where you have to do self-assessments, because most of the people that I've seen in, in sales that go into this line of work, and like I say, it, I keep being redundant. It doesn't matter what it is that you're selling. If they're if they're unsuccessful, a lot of times, if you have that self introspection, you can say, well, maybe this just wasn't quite right for me. Now I understand there's things that can just wipe you out. My wife and I, I'm off on another tangent, Lee, and I apologize for that. You know, we're sitting at the table, and this COVID thing. And I just shake my head and I says, you know, my wife's name is Vera. I says, I can't imagine what it would be like being 27, 28 years old, turning back the clock. And at this particular time, trying to be a manufacturer's rep or an independent agency or an agent just starting out. You know, when you're developing those new relationships, when you're when you have to go out and find new firms to sell, when the income isn't there possibly because you, the sales aren't up yet. And, you know, you're living on your savings, which is something you have to do when you go into independent, you know, you, you're not going to get that money immediately. It's going to be in the pipeline. So this COVID thing is, it's just, there are things that come out of the clear blue sky that you just can't control. So that was my lead in, but, Generally speaking, when you take a look at the people that are very, very successful, there's a reason for it. If you take a look at the people who have washed out, there's generally a reason for it. Generally. Yeah. You know, you you, you can't blame it on other people or other circumstances. Oh, absolutely. And whenever I've lost a line, I've got to tell you, I got to be, you know, I'll, I'll get that certified letter in the mail and I'll open it up. We're shaking hands and I go, you know, you know, Mr. Hampton, this is to inform you that your services <laughs> and, you know, after you kind of cool off a little bit, you sit down, and you go, ah, oh, you know what, maybe, you know, maybe this is my fault. 
maybe I didn't do something that I should have been doing. So you do need to be, again, I like your expression, Lee, you need to be true to yourself. Now, what, Especially when you're in business for yourself. Right, because you're an entrepreneur. I mean, you, you're in an eat-what-you-kill kind of world. So when that's the case, you the, the buck stops with you. <laughs> I mean, ultimately, this is your show. Yes. So um, circumstances may occur, but ultimately, it, you're responsible. Yes. Now, um, and, you know, getting back to another question, you asked. Go oh, ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go, go, go. You go. Well, I was getting back to another, you know, kind of something that you alluded to. And and sometimes, you know, I think, God, is this selfish of me? You know, I go, when I have a success, I want to be rewarded for it. And if I fall flat on my face, I should be the one that suffers the consequences. So the beauty of this business is that I know definitively if I have or haven't been successful. You know, I don't have to go in every six months and get an evaluation by a manager that, you know, when I'm successful and I'm doing my job and doing it well, I'll see my commissions go up. If I'm not being successful and I'm not doing exactly what I should be, my commissions are going to fall. And that is the kind of, see, I'm a kind of person that needs very, very definitive feedback. Be true to yourself, Lee, as you said, (laughs) that I would find it hard from just personally working in a job where I wasn't quite sure if I was really, if I was really being successful in what, and what I am. And maybe that's just because I've been a stinking rep for so damn long, I can't figure out how to do it. But I like the the definitive feedback that it gives you. You can you can take a look at those commission checks coming in every month, and you you know definitively again, how am I doing? How am I doing? Now, uh, what could we be doing to help you? What do you need more of? You need more. Um things to sell? Are you looking for more lines? Are you looking for more opportunity within your existing customer base? Do you want the short answer? (laughs) Any answer. (laughs) (laughs) I have been, and when you talk about Ben, this is absolutely one of the, one of the beauties of being an independent contractor, independent sales is that I'm at such an age, and if you're good at math, you can kind of tell how old I am because I was in high school from 66 to 70, college from 70 to 74. So you kind of get an idea of how old I am. So I am now in the, what you would say, the semi-retirement mode. And again, the beauty of being independently employed is that if I only want to, to work now 20, 25 hours a week, and still get the feeling that I'm being somewhat productive, maintaining the customers that I have now, then I can do that. So at this particular time in my career, and I would say this to people, would you allow me to get off on another little tangent? (laughs) Go right ahead. I look at at doctors and lawyers, and I know some lawyers, Lee, they're they're 80, 82, 85 years old, and they're still practicing. Mm -hmm. Now, they're only keeping their existing customers, and they might only be working 20 hours a week, but they're still working. So that is one of the true, true benefits that I've just started to realize in the last couple of years of being in independent sales is that you have the ability to slow down on a gradual basis. 
unlike some of my other friends that, you know, one minute they're working 40 hours a week, the next minute they're retired and at home. Right. Well, that's so a to trap too. Question, I mean, you know, re- it, retirement's a kind of a trap too, because every day you have to do something, you might as well do something you like, you know, it doesn't have to be work if you like it. Bingo. And that's exactly what it is with me at this particular point. So to answer your question, no, I'm not out actively looking for, for new firms to represent. I'm not like I was when I'm 30 out there like a, um, you know, like a bloodhound or a bird dog is what they used to call us, um, you know, hunting for new accounts and beating on doors and, and trying to develop new relationships. No, I am extremely satisfied with the status quo. I've informed the firms that I'm with that, um, you know, ladies, gentlemen, I'm not going to be out there prospecting for new customers. If that's what you want, add some additional um, add some additional sales force to you. So, but I appreciate the thought and the question that if I was searching for anything that you'd give me an opportunity to, to make that point on the air. Again, I appreciate it. Thank you, Lee. Well, if somebody wants to connect with you and learn more about uh, what you got going on, maybe you're in the a stage where you're mentoring and um, kind of solidifying your legacy out there in the world. Um, is there places to connect with you? Do you have a website or on LinkedIn or some place to get a hold of you? I don't have a, a website, or I, and I used to use LinkedIn when I was very aggressive. And let's see, what do I, yes, you can find me on LinkedIn, Jeff Hampton Beta Sales. Good stuff. Well, Jeff, thank you so much for sharing your story. Um, what a career and uh, what a legacy you've left. Thank you. Lee, you're tremendous. Very insightful questions. Take care, my man. All right, this is Lee Cantor. We will see you all next time on Detroit Business Radio.